0: Days of
1: troubles, rows of battles, hands of victory, we shall walk. Good afternoon
0: and welcome to WEHC 90.7 and you're tuning in to She Walks. We're so glad that you're with us. We realize that this is the holiday season for many people from diverse backgrounds are celebrating different kinds of uh, of events. And so we are excited that you are with us on today. And we are so looking forward to continuing our conversation with some real life examples of disruptive leaders who just happen to be women. So Carly, uh, I've been really excited about us continuing on this path. What about you?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So last week, we talked um, a little bit about some of the practical examples of what disruptive leadership actually looks like, Um, because we wanted to be able to say, like, look at the work that these people are doing, because this is what disruptive leadership looks like. Um, And so we wanted to kind of continue in that same vein and look at a few additional disruptive leaders and the work that they're doing. So the first leader that we're going to start with is this woman who is... um, Her name is Marla Isaacson. She's the CEO of OSSA, O-S-S-A, which is a podcast network connecting women-hosted podcasts and women-focused brands, which is very cool. But the thing that I think is the coolest is she really wants to support what she calls the every woman, right? Which is just women who are doing their work. Um, And so they may not have huge platforms. They may not have tons of followers on social media, but they're doing this really great work and it might be difficult for them to be recognized for that work if they weren't able to connect with Marla and her team at OSA. So I think that's really cool. Um, And she does highlight that sometimes when we think about like the traditional podcasting world, which is very heavily male dominated, Mm -hmm. um, you know, a lot of times uh, small creators are overlooked because they want those big creators that are going to come on their podcast and bring all their followers and bring all the numbers, right? right. So I think it's really great that she's doing this work. I was looking
0: up some, uh, I wanted you to, to share this with you. I was looking up some, um, I think this was Nielsen or somebody who was doing some broadcasting study, but they uh, they talked about uh, podcasts and and who the women are that listen. And they said 79% of women listen to kids and family podcasts. 63% of women listen to true crime podcasts. 61% of women listen to art uh, uh, podcasts. 59% of women listen to health and fitness podcast, podcasts. 55% of women listen to society and culture podcasts. 53% of women listen to educational podcasts. 50% of women listen to fiction podcasts. And 48% of women listen to TV and film podcasts. I thought, well, that's kind of the whole world, isn't it? But they they also said that from this study that they did that thirty three percent of women listen to business podcasts, eighteen listen to sports, and eighteen listen to technology. So I'm sure that our guest that we're talking about today is changing that, moving that around. Is that what we're finding, Carly, in in what she's doing?
1: Yeah, I think so. And you know, she's also really focused on finding unique people who are doing really cool things but may not have like the following that we expect from some of these major podcast networks right so Um, not like
0: what is her name Brene Brown or yeah or some of the big names yeah she's saying that there's some other things out there or other people out there
1: yeah absolutely and so she connects the hosts with the What she calls micro influencers, right? So, like maybe you are a woman who has your own company doing, you know, selling a certain kind of product, but you don't have a ton of followers and you're kind of flying under the radar, but you're doing really cool work. She would connect you with a podcast host who is, you know, maybe an arts podcast and you all would talk about the work that you're doing. So, I think that's incredible, and it also helps promote these small, you know, women-owned businesses, women-owned, you know, networks, organizations, which is also very, very cool.
0: So, is she going against the the big name, the top ten, the big Rachel Maddox's, the big Michelle Obamas, the big Brene Brown's? All she's she's not going against them, but she's saying that there's other 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 people who have something to say other than just the celebrity status.
1: Yes, absolutely. And also, you know, if you are a woman who has started your own business, but it's kind of small still, the chances of you getting on with, you know, Brene Brown or Michelle Obama is going to be really difficult, right? Yeah. Chances yeah. are you're probably not going to get on their podcast, but you might be able to get on one of the OSA podcasts, which is her company, to be able to talk about your work. You know, your your voice is still able to get out there and get to all the listeners on that that sort of scale, if that makes sense.
0: Yeah, so I guess she's saying she's not going for the big ones. It's the small to the midsize. That's the audience that she's Mm going to work on. And, but you know what she would be doing, Carly, which would be amazing. She would, by virtue of doing that, she would be creating new influencers.
1: Oh, exactly, right. I mean, because if you, you know, trying to build an audience for your brand or your organization or whatever, takes a lot of time, takes a lot of energy. And this gives you a bump up. Um, so you may very well end up being one of these major influencers, but you need someone to kind of take a chance on you and get your voice out there. And that's what her company is doing, which I think is amazing. She also connects these women to advertisers who might be interested in their, in their products as well, or their brands or their organization or their work. Well, that, this is interesting because
0: especially Carly and I have been asked to do a podcast. <laughs> we <have. laughs> I, I know you all who listen are thinking, yeah, right. But we have <laughs> actually been asked to do a podcast. And so we're kind of uh, thinking about the best format and what subject matter we want to do. Because like I know, like Michelle Obama, she just gets on there. And I don't say this is only, but she talks to her friends, her family, her relatives, just about things that I guess matter to her. But she has the... Michelle Obama status, as does Rachel Maddox, as, you know, Brene Brown, all those people, they already have it and they have a following. But that's why when we ask you all to send something in and tell you, tell us what you like or what you think is interesting, that we might be getting some ideas for a podcast. But Carly, this might be somebody that we we look at seeing what she's doing.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I think too, when we, when you get to a certain level, like, I mean, if we're talking like the top level, it's, you know, the Michelle Obamas and the Brene Browns, right? Mm -hmm. Um, you know, you're not tuning in necessarily for the content, although the content is good. You're tuning in for them, right? You're tuning in because you like them and you want to hear them talk. And so if you're not at that level yet, people aren't necessarily tuning in for you. They're tuning in for your content. And so being able to have a platform where that is what people are listening for, and then being able to connect someone who has really good content, but maybe doesn't have the name recognition yet to someone who does have that name recognition or at least a level of a name recognition that's super helpful. And she even says in her um in the article here that what happens sometimes cuz podcasts become very very popular and there are lots of different podcasts and those smaller industry players as she calls them get sort of snuffed out and people are not listening because there's so many bigger fish in the in the sea sort of mm-hmm. that are dominating the um the industry essentially and so she is finding those smaller players that might get gobbled up but have a lot to say and then promoting them so that they do have a platform that they can speak on yeah but I think
0: you know how how, what she's doing could disrupt the the industry in particular it could change the way that women are seen in the podcast industry because as you said when we began this is a male dominant uh, kind of industry. And so if we can change it and if we can hear women's voices and if those voices, which again gets back to one of the things that, that I talk about all the time, I talk about, you know, how important it is to have agency. So if, if this would be a, an avenue for women's voices and to give agency to the things that matter to us and to be connected with other people who it matter, that that'd be great.
1: Yeah. And we talked a little bit last episode about storytelling with Christina's company and, mm-hmm. I think, again, this is a platform for people to be able to tell their stories, which is very, very powerful. And for those of us who listen to a lot of podcasts, um, you know, she talks about how most networks, most podcasting networks focus primarily on attracting celebrities with large audiences. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that happens is you'll start to kind of get the repetitiveness of it a little bit, where, um, you know, if you've seen someone do like, a interview tour for a movie that's getting ready to come out. They're saying the same thing over and over again at each interview, right? But by not focusing so much on the large celebrities with the huge audiences, you're able to hear much more diverse stories, much more diverse perspectives, and you can find these very unique um, voices and perspectives and stories from real everyday people who are living, you know, lives that we can relate to, right? Um, which I think is really important. And Carly, I don't know if this is her or not, but
0: I think it is. Uh, I looked
1: her up, and it says
0: we are an advertising marketplace for independent women and non-binary podcast creators. That's we have amazing. no no minimum download requirements, and it's not exclusive. And I mean. So changing the narrative to use uh, from the other woman's uh, status quo, uh, new quo kind of thing. I mean, that would be that would be amazing to change who's listening, you know, not who's talking, but who's listening.
1: Yeah. And that whole minimum download piece, that's what kills a lot of creators, too, because. To be on certain networks, you have to have a certain number of people who are listening, right? Mm-hmm. And that can really kill it if you're, if you're just starting out and you don't have a lot of people listening, right? So right. I love that she's not requiring there to be like a minimum number of people who are downloading your work because it may take time to build that audience and that's okay. And, and I imagine that it'd be an opportunity to
0: build, and I love these, these, these are feminist words, collaborative community. You know, I, I can imagine when you, when you're a certain group of people and it's less competitive mm-hmm. and it really is about the impact and the meaning, um, that could be really
1: good. That could be, I, I'm excited about that, thinking yeah. about how, how that would really work. So she's doing some really incredible stuff. One of the other women that we wanted to chat a little bit about is Jessie Greenlee. She is the founder of Good Impact Network, which helps purpose-driven companies find innovative social impact opportunities that align with their brand values and support their business goals. So again, you know, kind of solving that problem of like, we want to give back, we want to do more, but where do we start, right? Mm -hmm. And I think that's, a question that a lot of people are asking and a lot of companies are asking and her company good impact network is helping people to answer that question.
0: Wow. So she I guess how she goes about doing it is it's a good match. She's mm-hmm. into matching. <laughs> yes. You know, how to how to help people take their their charitable funds or their charitable cause and and line up with people who would support that, which right would- that'd be really good to find somebody so that you're not out there hustling. I was talking to somebody today and they asked me, they told me that they thought that they could, um, there's somebody out that's doing grants. All you have to do is do a 501c3 and that they're putting their money there. They just have to believe in what you are trying to promote. And if they believe in what you're trying to promote, they give you money. And then if they like what you're trying to do, then they give you additional money. And the only requirement is that you, you know, you be a 501c3, -hmm. but that you're, I, I guess it would be like be one of this a purpose driven company, you know, that you would yeah. be moving in the direction that that is that makes a difference.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, in her vision for the future section, she says we see this as a cre- an incredible opportunity to leverage corporate resources to bring awareness and, more importantly, funding to important causes and charitable organizations. So, you know, I think the awareness piece is mm-hmm. important and there are lots of companies that will partner with celebrities or organizations to bring awareness to certain things and that's great but what's more important and what's better is if you can give money right and yeah. fund, <laughs> like fund the work so i love that that's a key part of the work that she's doing is not just partnerships but like actually we're going to give you some money so that you can actually do the work that you want to do which i think is incredible And it sounds like it,
0: you know, it could be authentic kind of stuff too, and stuff that you really want to do, stuff that you have a heart for, stuff that you have a passion for, you know, but finding that alignment is sometimes difficult. Like, how do you find somebody who believes in what it is that you do that has the money or the capacity to, to come alongside and to help you, you know, how, how do you do that?
1: Yeah, and I think I think that's a great question, and I think this almost perfectly partners with what um, Marla's doing, right, with her podcasts, mm-hmm. but um, Jesse's doing it with businesses of finding those good fits, but also finding charitable organizations and causes that would maybe fall under the radar, right, because they're not the big organizations. They're not the ones that everyone's talking about. So um, finding these very small organizations that are doing great work but need funding and then partnering them with these larger companies that can provide them that, that's great. Uh, one, one place she said, uh, she said, she said who she is. She said, I'm Jesse Greenley,
0: the founder of Good Impact Networks, marketing designer, market maker, baker, and so much more. She said, I don't fit into any one box. I am a multifaceted human with countless superpowers and ambitions. And I thought that was really funny because you, they tell you to play down who you are, but she's actually playing up who she is, and and just helping other people create, I guess, your brand, but a brand that has agency, a brand that has voice, a a brand that would help other people get to where it is that they want to get to. And and right. I guess it's, it's probably one of those things that would I wonder, like with disruptive leadership, I'm wondering, or the change model, I'm wondering how you could do a match with something like this. Yeah. Like how, could, how would you, how would you find uh, something that supports what you're doing?
1: Yeah. It, well, that, and also like, how could we connect corporations to these organizations who have unique leadership models, right. And help mm-hmm. them to be able to fund that work. I think that's great. Yeah. And I think, I love that she talks about like being multifaceted because I feel like her and Marla are both sort of highlighting that, right? Mm-hmm. That, you know, yes, it's important to have a brand if you have a podcast or you have an organization or a company, but it's also important to acknowledge that we are all more than one thing. And I think that women leaders in particular tend to be very good at that.
0: Yeah, yeah. I I think some of these, you know, these innovative things that, that women are doing, you know, from a disruptive leadership model, because, well, I guess what they're saying is that, you can't ice me out any longer. You know, um, you, you have to include me, you know, because I'm bringing something to the table and I'm bringing something to the table that's authentic, but I'm bringing something to the table that matters, Mm -hmm. you know, and it matters most.
1: Yeah. One of the other things her company does as well as just making these partnerships is providing tools and resources to help nonprofits become exceptional, exceptional partners and brand activism. So, you know, you may be um, a nonprofit, and you may have started doing some great work, but then you maybe not don't have the tools that you need, or you're missing some critical tools. And then her company can help train you on how to how to do that and how to, you know, foster those tools and those those skills. Yeah. and
0: And I guess we don't think about how you get connected with unless it's from a celebrity perspective, we don't figure out how you do that. But she, a part of her article where she said, uh, that in 2019, that there was 21 billion that was mm-hmm. uh, donated to charitable causes in the United States. That's a whole lot, Carly.
1: It is, but it's also only five percent of the total charitable giving figure for the year. Meaning that U.S. companies also spent a whopping 239 billion on advertising. So. What that tells us is that companies are far more interested and concerned with spending money on advertising rather than um, on charitable causes. And there's also a lot of money that can be um, used for charitable causes that are in turn going to be advertising money, essentially, because it's getting your brand name out there. It's getting your company's name out there. And so those partnerships are critical and super, super important.
0: Yeah. And I think that we... We don't always know how to make those connections. And and so having somebody who could help us make those connections is critical.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And we know, too, that with social media, it sort of changed the way that people, that companies advertise. Mm-hmm. Um, so like having a commercial on the television or even having a commercial that pops up while people are watching YouTube or surfing on the net or whatever is important, but not it's not reaching or impacting consumers as much as it used to. And what's more impactful is, oh, this company is supporting this organization that I really care about, right? That's going to make me view this company differently and maybe engage with this company when I wouldn't have previously. So that is a great way for companies to be able to advertise while also actually doing good with their money. (laughs) Right, right, right.
0: I I think that we... We sometimes don't know how to go about making those connections. And what what I think is really good, Carly, about what we're doing and what we're looking at all these people who are doing this is that it is not all about power. You know, somehow these women and their innovative and their disruptive leadership models, they are changing or disempowering some of the systems just by showing up and saying, Mm -hmm. hey, there's another way, there's a different way, there's a more inclusive way. So that's phenomenal to me.
1: Yeah, and you know, we keep talking about putting your ego in the back seat. We've talked about that several times. But <laughs> again, it's putting your ego in the back seat, right? Because if Marla wanted to have all these celebrities on her podcast network, I'm sure she could, but she's choosing to highlight smaller voices and smaller creators, right? She's not choosing to go out and seek out the powerhouse celebrities. So again, it's like making those connections between here's someone who has a lot to say, they just don't have the platform or the following to be able to get it out to a lot of people. I'm going to help them with that. Or here's this company, this organization that's doing excellent work and all they need is a little bit of additional funding. Here's a company that can help them with that.
0: Yeah. And to leverage that and at the same time to to bring awareness. I mean, I think... I think sometimes, you know, making people aware of systems and things that are going on and how they're operating and all of those things are, are critical. And, and so if you can, I mean, there, you think about it, Carly, how many people, including
1: us would have done things differently if we'd had the funding? Oh yeah, absolutely. (laughs) I mean, that's a huge piece. And I, that's why I'm so glad that her company highlights that, not just the awareness piece, which is important, but the funding piece. Like, And again, that goes back to that whole appearance versus actual impact sort of mm-hmm. thing, discussion that we were having last week about, you know, it's great to appear certain ways or to be able to check boxes, but you need to actually have legs on this, right? And so, yes, it's fine to do a partnership with a an organization that you believe in the work that they're doing, but put some money behind that so that there's some actionable things that can come out of this partnership as mm-hmm. well, right? Yeah,
0: and I I think that when you match it up, it, there are people who have the ability to push buttons and to make differences, but they don't always have a cause or they're not aware of situations and circumstances because they're tunneled in what it is that they do. and And sometimes just being able to do that match now I wonder how much that match costs, but that's another story because everything there's a <laughs> co- <laughs> there's a cost for everything. Where I'm thinking about how do we how do we put all this together and get our podcast and get with Marla and get going and and, and get with Jesse and get some funds behind it and move <laughs> forward. You know, I'm thinking I'm thinking along those lines, but um, either way, um, it's just the the ability the the fact that there are some women who are doing
1: this and it's making the difference in other women's lives. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, And I think all the women we've talked about so far are really great examples of that disruptive change in action, right? Mm -hmm. They saw issues within their industries and decided to do something about it. And these are not changes that are necessarily going to make, you know, turn a huge profit. I mean, I don't know what the profit margins are, but I'm assuming they're not turning huge profits, right? Mm -hmm. Um, These are not changes that are going to be super flashy or, you know, get them, get their names out there in the world. And everybody's going to know them just as well as they know, like Jeff Bezos, right? But these are practical and real solutions to problems that they are, that they're seeing, And I think the more that we can operate in that mindset, when we talk about disruptive change, the better off we're going to be. And the more that people who may have been a little worried or cautious about disruptive change, will see the benefits of it and be like, oh yeah, this is a model that I can buy into. Right.
0: Yeah. Cause one of the things that she said, and I don't know if you mentioned it, what they're doing, what she's doing, how she's disrupting the industry is that she is making those alignments, you know, and that I think is critical because those alignments uh, are able to help everybody. And I think you mentioned earlier about brand activism, but even if it's not even about particularly branding and, and, and those kinds of things, but it is about aligning that money up with that cause or aligning that program up with support for the cause. I mean, and I think when you think about it from a business model, that would be why a lot of businesses would fail or never get off the ground because that alignment is just not, they're not able to make that alignment. And if you've got somebody who's doing that, then she would be a business disruptor because then she would be bringing more people to get past that hurdle.
1: Yeah. And I mean, even in that same mindset could be used for lots of different things. You could use that internally within organizations of, you know, we have this person over here in this role and they're good at that, but they also have this other skill that we could really use. Let's now like build a new position for them or get them connected with this person over here so they can build something together. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, because I think sometimes there are people, especially in super large organizations or super large companies that get overlooked because it's, there's so many people, but you could almost have someone whose sole job is to like really be looking at people and their skills and their gifts and figure out how we can best use those. I was thinking the other
0: day, I thought I saw Jeff Bezos and, and they had a a address and all this kind of stuff. And I thought, I wonder if I should write Jeff Bezos and say, Hey, I want to do this retreat for women and specifically for black women. I wanted to be on the beach. Do you have any money (laughs) to put toward that? But, and, and that was just me thinking out loud, but then, when you see that there is someone who's thought about it and is actually willing to do that and disrupt the in, the industry and 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 make good impact, create these networks that are about because I, I imagine people like Jeff Bezos and others who have that same kind of money, I bet you they don't think about what they can do for good. Uh, uh, you know, a lot of people question you know his uh, moon visits and all of that and how that money could have been used so differently. But, I mean, in reality, probably nobody ever said, use it for this. So he said, hey, I think I'll go to the moon.
1: (laughs) Well, yeah, I mean, that's an excellent point. And also, (laughs) you know, if he, obviously he does give to to charitable organizations, but it's probably the same kinds of charities that, you know, a lot of very rich individuals give to. So to think about how that money could be used to help micro- uh, charitable organizations yeah. or micro organizations that are doing important work, you know, that is really important. And I know that, you know, we've talked about like grant funding and stuff too on this show before and how there's a grant for everything, but it do, I mean, it requires you to go out and find it and mm-hmm. it can be very daunting. And if you've never written for a grant before, that can be really like scary. And, yeah. you know, and, and so again, but there's all this money out there to be able to do these incredible things, have your retreat. Right. Mm -hmm. But how do you get access to that? Right. Um, And that's the work that Jesse's doing, which is incredible, but it's like, okay, let's, let's get on this. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah.
0: And, and, and to have, to make that alignment, because that really is all it takes. We used to talk about there was a movie, I think Will Smith was in it years ago, it was called Six Degrees of Separation. And so what I say now is there's only two degrees. There's only two people that you need to get to, to who it is that you need to get to. Well, it would be good if there was a company that was making those, narrowing that down for you <laughs> right. to find that, that those people so that you would not get to it. And I say this all the time. And, and, and I know that people, you know, we all have that star power. It's part of our culture. We've been you know, the Horatio Algier story, come, make it good, make it to the top. i have all this kind of stuff. We all have that in us, no matter how much we say we don't, we do. Uh, because again, it's one of those systems that shapes us. But I have always said that if you could just get with the right person to help your cause, You could do what you do without difficulty, but it's who do you know that knows who it is that you need to know, or that knows what it is that you need to know. And so if there's a company that's going to do that and they call themselves about making good impact, that really lessens some of the work. Now you may have to pay for that. We haven't, she didn't say in her article if you have to pay, but that's her business that she's in. And so I imagine that you do, Mm -hmm. but that would, um, that would be, that would be great to get to get past some of the hurdles to get Mm -hmm. to the people like Jeff Bezos and say, Hey, here are these people. Have you ever thought about supporting this? But, but you know, they can't, it needs to be somebody that's reputable and that's vetted the people because they would always, people would always be asking them. Sure. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I think, you know, I think it's incredible work. Um, I think all of the women that we've covered are incredible and doing really amazing things. I think it would be really good for us to kind of continue to follow this thread and see if we can find some more examples of disruptive leadership in action um, and start to sort of answer some of the questions that we've had about disruptive leadership. Because I think we're both extremely intrigued by the idea, but we do have some questions about like, how do we actually do this? (laughs) Um, And so hopefully we can answer some of those questions. And how do you do it and not just do
0: the same thing you've all been always been doing but call it another name right and that that's kind of in this in this workshop that i'm doing for a clergy in in atlanta uh, i've been asking myself you know what am i really it's 30 minutes it's not that big of a deal but what am i really going to tell them that's not going to sound like this is just another leadership model warmed over i mean how am i going to say take when you see these systems breaking down there's where you start the work in right. the breakdown. You don't wait for it to get built back up. and You don't try to build that system back up. You do the work right there in the break. Yeah, so I'd love to keep talking about this. This will help me out tremendously. <laughs> yeah.
1: Well, I'm excited to, to dig into it. And I think we've got some really great threads to explore here. And we appreciate you all so much for coming on this journey with us and exploring these threads with us. Um, again, as we've said before, you know, if you have anyone in particular you'd like us to talk to, or even to cover, if it's somebody that you've read an interesting article about and you want us to talk about it, let us know. We'd be happy to dig into that a little bit. And um, we appreciate you being with us and we will see you all next week. All right. Sounds great. Take care. Bye. Pass of the victory, we
0: shall walk.